This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Good morning, Anthony. How are you? Welcome to Kathy and uh, listeners out there. Um, Day 138 of um, our war, Operation Swords of Iron. And of course, uh, day 138 for many of the hostages in captivity. And we need to just keep that at the forefront of our minds, um, even though there are many differing views being expressed in the public and certainly a minister of government yesterday saying our main priority is not necessarily to bring the hostages home. Um, of course, the hostage families continue to remind ministers in government that if it was their children who were hostages in Gaza, they might act slightly differently and they might uh, have slightly different interests in the way that they conduct their business. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I would like to think that we consider the hostages to be all of our children and that we act in the best interests um, of all of them. Um, But of course, there are conflicting interests, as we've already discussed, and our situation is, is really not a simple one. And that's why the impact of having the hostages has been so dramatic on this war. I have little doubt that the war would have been conducted entirely differently and there would have been uh, an entirely different outcome were it not for the fact that we are concerned, very concerned for the safety of our hostages and very determined to bring them all home safely. Uh, an interesting article in the New York Times, uh, which uh, was entitled, What Israeli Soldiers' Videos Reveal? Cheering, Destruction and Mocking Gazans. That was the headline of the New York Times article. Now, we all know that the New York Times is not necessarily Israel's best friend. Um, They have published some quite interesting articles and quite accurate articles in the past. So it's difficult to simply blanket, castigate them and say everything that they write is anti-Israeli. And to be honest, one can imagine Israeli soldiers seeking revenge in Gaza. Just think about what we've had to endure. Many of those soldiers will have had friends and family involved in the massacre and the destruction that took place on October the 7th. It would be hardly surprising to find people amongst them who are seeking revenge for what happened on October the 7th as they go into Gaza to fight this war. Um, And it's interesting that the um, IDF uh, Chief of General Staff has written a note saying that that is not the way in which we are going about our business as an organization. There may well be individuals who might not toe the line that is set down by the general staff. But in in Herzliya Levy's note, he said, we are not on a killing spree, revenge or genocide. 
We have come to win and to defeat a cruel enemy who deserves a bitter loss. And so he is just trying to remind IDF soldiers of the way in which we conduct our business, the way in which the IDF expects soldiers to behave. Um, and he um, wants to ensure that we don't become like our enemy. We don't lose our hearts. We don't lose our humanity because it's very, very easy for soldiers in the field to extract revenge or to behave in a way which might be revengeful and to disrespect people who reserve, deserve some respect. Um, this is an enormously difficult situation. And I think that for the New York Times to single out a few individuals, which uh, people might think uh, represents the entire body of the army, is a little disingenuous and entirely inaccurate. So even though their stories may be accurate, and I don't know for sure, but even if they are accurate, it certainly doesn't represent our army and it doesn't represent the soldiers who are there. And I've spoken to numerous soldiers who've returned from stints that they've conducted in Gaza. And I can assure people that what the New York Times has presented is really not the norm at all in Anthony, Gaza. Anthony, who took the video? I beg your pardon? Who took the video? Um, I, I think that what the New York Times has said is that these are videos that were taken by IDF soldiers okay. that they've brought out of Gaza. Now, I mean, there is also some sort of a disconnect in that information because um, I know, and I'm sure most of the listeners know as well, that when soldiers enter Gaza, they are required to leave their phones behind. Their phones are switched off. All of the phones are collected up from soldiers entering Gaza and they're left behind. And the reason for that is not only to prevent pictures and videos from being taken inappropriately, which appears to have happened in this particular case, but also because when soldiers have their phones on them, they could potentially be tracked. And that, of course, would be extremely dangerous for the soldiers themselves and for the others around them. So for that reason, phones are not allowed in Gaza. Having said that, there are certain very, very limited number of safe phones that have been vetted by the IDF that are allowed into Gaza and very, very specific circumstances. I'm not sure whether those phones are able or not to take videos or to take pictures. I would have thought not, but I can't tell you for sure. Um, but uh, the way that the New York Times has presented it is that these are videos and pictures that have been taken by the soldiers themselves. Yeah, and look, it's not the first time. I mean, in December, there was also that story of the soldiers that had gone into a mosque and were using the, the speaker, right? Um, right. Was it, in, right. was it in December or November? So obviously there are a certain number of phones, as you say, that are allowed in. And uh, gosh, that's... I, I hear it. I hear the soldiers going in. They they were called up the afternoon of the, you know, the October seventh attacks. They haven't gone through this, and they haven't been in contact. Um, and often that is what happens. But when I see, right. I mean, the scrutiny of the world is on Israel. We are seeing stories coming out and accusations at the International Court of Justice, which I do want to talk to you about, Anthony. And Israel not standing yeah, up to, I mean, to defend itself, but uh, just just to complete that thought is that you know one of the allegations is that IDF soldiers raped um, and sexually violated um, Arab women who were in detention centres. 
and that's hugely concerning. So, I, I did see that report. I'm not able to confirm exactly how that report has come out, what the intention or the motivation behind the report is, whether any of the um, acts that were described have some basis to them or not. Um, so I can't confirm or deny that, but I, of course, have seen that. And um, the way that I view this is that there is a real attempt here to try to, try to counter all of these reports that are coming out, still coming out, new reports still coming out about the way in which the massacre was carried out on October the 7th. And the more you read about it, the more horrendous and horrific it becomes. Right. And so um, not only about the uh, sexual uh, uh, um, violence that was carried out, but indeed the way in which people were murdered and the way in which um, the uh, massacre was undertaken was just without any humanity whatsoever. The fact that a girl could be killed while she is being raped is to me just a concept that I can't get out of my mind. I just can't escape that thought, how violent and how hideous such a, an act is. And yet this is being held up as, as um, something which one ought to be proud of in terms of the way in which uh, the Hamas terrorists uh, presented it. And so I think now there's some sort of a, an attempt to try to counter those reports which really can't be counted there's nothing that you could you know balance it up with and so an attempt to try to accuse uh, um, israelis of raping arabs i have no idea whether that has any basis or not but one thing i know for sure that it's illegal and that there is a law and the law is followed and that in the event that there are people who did such a thing that the law will find them and will convict them yeah. so um, you know I, i'm not saying that things like that don't happen of course they do um but there is a way of policing it and i think we need to allow the law to take its course in the event that that's relevant yeah anthony thank you so much you know i've, I've had some of the most difficult conversations with you and uh, thank you very much for just being open to that because none of this is scripted um can we just talk about the icj you know Yesterday, got a, a summary from one of the lawyers, and um, you know, the overriding message was nobody was speaking in favour of Israel and nobody was defending. And my question is, well, where the hell was Israel? Why is Israel not there defending it? You've got fifty-four countries accusing. Surely, Israel should be there defending herself. I think that Israel, and again, I'm just speculating. Sure. I don't know the answer for sure, um, but I'm just speculating. I think Israel needs to, to choose its battles. Um, and Israel has been taken to the ICJ and to the International Criminal Court, and Israel is being forced to fight a multi-front war, not only in the battlefield in Gaza in the south, and not only in Judea and Samaria, because there is a war going on there right now, and not only on our northern border, where Hezbollah continues to attack and send drones and to, to threaten um, individual citizens of Israel. Um, but we are also fighting uh, a diplomatic war where we see attacks by the United Nations Security Council to try to, to, to undermine Israel's ability to complete its battle. And we see attacks at the European Union where we see an attempt to try to issue statements against Israel's uh, battle in Gaza. And of course, in the International Court of Justice, as you have just pointed out. So I think that Israel needs to really choose its battles and to decide 
which are the battles which are most critical to the future survival and the safety of the state of Israel. And I will say that what's going on at the ICJ right now doesn't fall into that category because this is a an advisory hearing that has been called for by the United Nations General Assembly, which was called for already some time ago. I think a year or two ago, this was already referred to the International Court of Justice and has now come up for hearing, ironically, exactly during the period of the war. And Israel doesn't recognize the ICJ's authority to deal with this particular matter. And even if Israel did recognize the ICJ's authority to deal with the matter, the consequences are almost meaningless. In other words, even if the ICJ issues its uh, advisory to the General Assembly, which is entirely anti-Israel and entirely goes against Israel's rights, because of course here what they're doing is they're attacking Israel's rights to the land that was captured during the Six-Day War, during a valid war which was carried out under international jurisdiction and, and, and which resulted in a ceasefire that was overseen and which involved the capture of land because guess what, Israel was under attack at that time. And so even though Israel did um, did strike first in the Six-Day War, it certainly um, is completely accepted that Israel struck first in a situation where it was going to be struck. There is little doubt about the fact that numerous countries, especially Egypt and Jordan, were lining up uh, to attack Israel. So there is little doubt that Israel was under attack. And as a result of that war, certain lands were taken. And now the International Court of Justice is being asked to decide whether Israel has the right to have jurisdiction over those lands. And even if the ICJ decides that Israel doesn't have jurisdiction, there is nothing to do. Even though Israel may or may not take heed of that particular judgment, there will be no consequences at all um, arising from this advisory. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons why Israel has said we've got bigger fish to fry on this occasion and that even if we don't defend ourselves and even if this comes out on the wrong side um, of our particular uh, um, narrative, we don't care. Gosh. And, uh, okay, well, that's where Israel and, I guess, little Kathy Kayla in South Africa disagree. I think that if you you need to take that opportunity. Anyhow, Anthony, let's talk about uh, the whereabouts and the well-being of Hamas leader in Gaza, Yahya Sinwar. And unfortunately, we, I mean, I'm looking at the time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Sorry. we need to go to the news. So we'll we'll pick up uh, the details of Yahya Sinwar tomorrow. There's a lot of speculation surrounding his whereabouts and his well-being. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow because it, it, it is interesting. I'll tell you what, once we find out where he is, maybe we could also do something about the Ark of the Covenant. Let us know where that is as well. Anthony, <laughs> I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you so much. That's Anthony Reich. He's our Israel correspondent. Gee whiz, what a heavy report this morning. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Tzahal 
who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.